Welcome to Word to the Mother, a retrospective on 90s R&B and hip-hop. Here's your host, your girl, Charlie D. Welcome to my show. I am your host, a mom who is secretly hiding from her two little boys so she can have something. I mean something. Please, just anything for herself. (laughs) If you've been here before, welcome back. Glad I could entice you to visit again. If you're in the car listening, drive safely. If you're in your cube at work, I hope this soothes you on your work day. And if in your home cleaning or something, get ready. Because we might get a little bit sexy up in her. Because today, y'all, I'm exploring one of the hottest and personally the sexiest neo-soul singers to come out the 90s. This brown sugar honey dip babe was the son of a preacher man who put out three albums in his career and picked up a few Grammys, including Best Male R&B Vocal Performance for what I would easily consider one of the best videos by a male artist to come out of the 90s. He was my boyfriend when I was in the 12th grade... Uh, is this thing on? Y'all hear me? Did, did that catch your attention? <laughs> okay, back to reality. This week's featured artist is singer D'Angelo. Let me tell you about this girl. Maybe I should. I met her in Philly and her name was Brown Sugar. See, we be making love constantly. That's why my eyes are a shade. Blood burning. The way that we kiss is unlike any other way that I be kissing. When I'm kissing, what I miss, won't you listen? Brown sugar, babe. I guess high off your love. I don't know how to be. Okay, before we get into D'Angelo, this is where I would normally go back in history and revisit what other releases happened in entertainment when his debut album came out. But it just so happens that Brown Sugar was released in July 1995, the same month Monica's debut album came out. So it's already covered. So instead, I will choose some other relevant events that happened during that year. Okay, album releases in 95, we had Brownstone from the bottom up. That was their debut. I believe that included that song, If You Love Me, Say It, If You Trust Me, Do It, etc. Soul For Real's Candy Rain, My Love, yeah, yeah, y'all know what I'm talking about. Montel Jordan's This Is How We Do It, Mm, mm, mm-mm-mm. Mm-mm. this is how we do it yeah I, I may have i feel like i mentioned it before oh well the friday soundtrack uh might have to look into that one for a future episode with along with the movie that came out the same time okay this one here y'all okay jamiroqua return of the space cowboy okay this one here is one i hold very very dear to my heart quick little story of how i discovered this gem really it was really, really late at night. I was watching the box or the jukebox, ne- the jukebox network and the video came on for Space Cowboy. All I remember was watching this scrawny little white dude bouncing around the whole video with this like little knit hat on and it was real chill as hell and I really liked his voice. But I failed to make note of the artist or the song. It caught me so off guard. 
The video ended and for like days, maybe weeks, it kept popping in my head and I was like, what was that? I feel like it was a long time, maybe weeks before I saw the video again. But it would be a few years before virtual insanity would break out. I would grab that album and then every other one, cementing their place as one of my favorite bands of all time. Their music soothes my whole soul. If you're not familiar, please check them out. That is Jamiroqua. That's it. Okay, thanks for listening to my episode. <laughs> okay, hot singles from 1995, Adina Howard's Freak Like Me. Okay, hot girl summer before that was a term. Uh, Desiree's You Gotta Be. You gotta be bad, you gotta be bold, you gotta be something. Yeah, yeah, I don't know the words, y'all got it. John B's Someone to Love, uh, Blue Eyed Soul, hello. Um, there's some actually some pretty good YouTube videos on him. Might have to write that one down. This one is kind of a forgotten song. Looney's I Got Five on it. Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah, I remember that one. Bulkin stuffs, he's mine. You made a hat on once, but I got him all the time. I got him all the time. Um, that was a girl group. They only had one hit. Um, I do remember this, and I remember the song, and I have like a whole association with it that I won't bore you with, but yeah. Then Michael and Janet Jackson came out with Scream. Um, pretty cool collaboration, loved that video love seeing them together uh i think janet might have done a performance of this after he passed at some point uh, great great color it was good to see them together and finally of hot singles in 1995 69 boys the butterfly on this old let me see you tussie roll tussie roll now if you're doing a tussie roll in your chair or wherever you are right now you're my people okay hello you're my people sit down Get comfortable. You're, you're my people. Because I, oh, I I always do it anytime I even think of the song. 69 Boys, Tootsie Roll. Gotta make note of that for a future song. Okay, movies out in 1995. We had Higher Learning, Deep Sigh. I did not like this movie. And the story, I think, was way over my head. But I do remember going into it pretty interested and thinking this was going to be one thing and I, I guess it didn't turn out like I thought oh well the movie Outbreak with Dustin Hoffman and Renee Russo which is now real life sadly um I remember seeing that movie and the, the scene I remember most was there was one scene of people in a movie theater and I think one person coughed and they had a graphic where you could see the germs come out such and such mouth and go into the air and how it spread. And y'all, is that real life today or what? Who'd have thought, cause I didn't, that we would one day live in a pandemic, okay? It is September, 2021, we are still in this pandemic. I can't wait to the day when someone can listen to this and this was, and this was history, the whole pandemic. Anyway, outbreak is life. The movie Candyman which is funny enough because I think that they just rebooted it and I think it might be out right now. I may check it out, maybe as a rental. I remember seeing that in the theater um, and it wasn't bad. It's been a long time. I'm, I'll have to check out the reboot. Uh, and I mentioned the soundtrack, the movie Friday with uh, Chris Tucker, Ice Cube. Oh, what a pretty girl. Nia Long, yes. John Witherspoon, yep, good good movie. Um, funny thing about the movies, I actually caught it on a bootleg. I didn't see it in theater. 
And the bootleg had no soundtrack, no score. It was just completely quiet. And I remember seeing it with my best friend and literally we didn't laugh the whole time. It was really odd. Somehow removing all the, the score and the sound, it took away something from the movie. And we did not laugh. I would later see the movie and laugh my butt off. And it's, it's a classic. It's really, really good. But that was really, really interesting. Lastly on my list is a movie that I, I don't know how many people have seen this. But it was Too Wong Fu, Thanks for Everything, Julie Newmar with Wesley Snipes, John Leguizamo, and uh, Patrick Swayze in drag. Oh, so gorgeous it's actually a fun movie it, it kind of loses its way in the middle but the beginning honey i thought was so funny i live for just that anyway that is 95 it makes me wonder how many other episodes i might have that might take place in 95 will i run out of material for 95 we'll see now before we get to the featured artist let's move on to the featured song this one was released in july 1990 and i first saw the video for it on of course the jukebox network where i used to sit up late at night and watch even when there was barely anything playing the song is by la-based rapper Candyman, and it's called knocking boots former i was cool but the room got warmer norma cornered me in her and a friend named lynn then they checked me in to the holiday inn i didn't let them win said my pockets was thin she blew me a kiss i knew she wasn't new to this i didn't want to but the devil made me do it to the tick tock yeah don't stop we knock boots till six o'clock as we lay all night long and early in the morning she sang this song I love you so Never ever ever gonna let you go Once I get my hands on you Ooh boy I love you so Never ever ever gonna let you go I hope you feel the same way too Girl I do Tunnel of love is what I'm entering When I mention it you're surrendering Giving it up like a good girl Sound familiar at all? This song has two prominent samples, the first being the obvious hook from the song Ooh Boy from Rose Royce. That was an easy one, but the other one is from a song called Tonight is the Night by Betty Wright. Okay, I have never heard of that one before, but I'm feeling it. For Candyman, who was born John B. Schaefer III in South Central Los Angeles, it was a mutual friend, rapper and producer Sir Jinx, who introduced him to Dr. Dre. He began doing backing work for rapper Tone Loke before gaining the opportunity to record solo, and it was Tone Loke that provided the intro to the song and appeared in the video. And this video. 1990 was just classic when it came to dancing videos. Everybody is in jumpers and rocking the most classic early 90s dances. This is what I was doing in middle school. These dances. 
Ah, oh, good times. I'm telling you, we were rocking brands like Major Damage, used by Ely or Ellie, Cross Colors. Well, most of y'all. My parents didn't get the memo, but slouch socks and high top Reeboks, oh yeah, that was in. The song reached number five on the R&B charts and number nine on the Hot 100. Candyman's debut album, Ain't No Shame In My Game, would eventually go platinum. While we may not have heard much from Candyman since then, he recorded a few follow-up albums in 93 and 2001, and was also featured in Nas's record, Where Are They Now? West Coast Remix. And on to this week's feature. Michael Eugene Archer, later known by his stage name D'Angelo, was born February 11th, 1974. Ooh, Aquarian. Sorry in Richmond, VA to a Pentecostal minister father. As a child, he discovered a love for the piano and taught himself to play. He would spend much of his youth perfecting his musical craft, so much in fact that at 18, he ended up at Harlem's Apollo Theater where he won the amateur competition three consecutive weeks. Now, I'm assuming that this Apollo Theater competition differs from the televised Showtime at the Apollo one because I was not able to find any clips on YouTube. But after this exposure, he then dropped out of high school to pursue a music career full-time when he briefly joined a hip-hop group called IDU, which stood for Intelligent, Deadly, and Unique. The group started out performing covers of soul songs before D'Angelo began focusing on writing original material. After creating enough buzz locally, the group caught the attention of EMI Records and they signed a publishing deal in 1991. But it was after an impressive audition for EMI executives, where he gave a three-hour piano recital when he was offered a recording contract himself in 1993. He later scored his first professional success with the song, You Will Know. The song was featured on the Jason's Lyrics soundtrack and performed by an ensemble of popular male R&B singers such as Gerald Levert, Tevin Campbell, Boys to Men, Raphael Sadiq, and Usher, just to name a few. D'Angelo composed the music while his older brother Luther wrote the lyrics. It reached number five on the Hot R&B Hip Hop Singles charts. That same year, D'Angelo wrote and produced the song Overjoyed for the Boys Choir of Harlem, which appeared on their album titled The Sound of Hope. All of this created a buzz around this new gifted producer-writer, which then led to the making of his debut album. Turns out many of the songs written for the album Brown Sugar was written between 91 and 92 when D'Angelo was still living in his mom's house. He used money he got from the Apollo Theater and purchased a four-track recorder and a keyboard. At this point, he was already a pretty skilled multi-instrumentalist. One of the key differences with this R&B debut album that set it apart from others 
was the fact that D'Angelo had a huge hand in producing the vast majority of its content and played most of the instruments, including the drums, guitar, keyboards, bass, and saxophone. A tribe called Quest, Ali Shaheed Muhammad, was also a producer on the album. In his Wikipedia bio, it states that in a 1995 interview, he discussed the influence that musician Prince had on his approach to recording the album, stating, quote, I was one of those guys who read the album credits and I realized that Prince was a true artist. He wrote, produced, and performed, and that's the way I wanted to do it, end quote. His use of Wurlitzer instruments as well as the Fender Rhodes electric piano and Hammond organ gave the album an authentic vintage sound. In June 1995, the first single and title track from the debut album, Brown Sugar, was released. I definitely remember when this came out as it caught my attention right away. You had this fine ass dude crooning soulfully, but what got me was he was playing the piano. He wasn't just an R&B singer. For me, he was a musician. So I didn't know it at the time, but I would learn that there was some debate over the real meaning behind the song. I assumed, as most did, that D'Angelo was singing about his love for women. To be fair, the lyrics do read as if he is clearly speaking about one. But nah, the lyrics were a playful substitution for his love of, you guessed it, marijuana. Music journalist Peter Shapiro wrote on this stating, quote, D'Angelo was extolling the pleasures of pot-fueled solipsism. Always down for a menage a trois, but I think I'ma hit a solo, hope my niggas don't mind. And imitating that love, or at least love of the herb, leads to insanity. Brown sugar babe, I guess high off your love, don't know how to behave. End quote. Damn! And I was thinking it was the brown sugar that got him high. Mm. The song peaked at number five on the hot R&B hip-hop songs. Yeah, I thought this. I was hoping the song was about me. I'm, I'm gonna be real. The next single was released in December '95, and it was "Cruising." This was a cover of the Smokey Robinson song released in 1979 from Motown Records. Okay, this was when I decided D'Angelo was gonna be my man. All that gorgeous throwback sound and singing, yes ma'am, yes ma'am. The record became another top 10 hit and went gold. The third single from this album was the song, Lady. Thank you. 
This would be another top 10 hit single peaking at number 10 on the Hot 100 and it had two music videos. The first one was directed by Hype Williams and a remix version which had appearances by Faith Evans and Erica Badu in her first music video debut. The song was nominated for the Best Male R&B Vocal Performance Grammy but lost to Luther Vandross's Your Secret Love. <laughs> Not Lil Luther. Big Luther, again. I think this is his third mention on this podcast. Apparently Luther was doing things. Okay, back on track. The last single off the album, released in 96, was Me and Those Dreaming Eyes of Mine. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Big Luther, not Lil Luther. I didn't see any chart info on this one or video, but regardless, it's another gorgeous selection with a bomb intro. Now I have to add that Brown Sugar is an album that got lots of play in my teenage bedroom, but there were two more tracks that were not official singles that I loved to play and played on repeat. The first one was a song called When We Get By. My little teenage self just thought this song was so classy and jazzy sounding. I just felt so grown up when I listened to it. The last song was the last track on the album and it's called Higher. Oh, yeah. Can I ever, ever know? 
always gave me church vibes now i'm not trying to say i'm a church girl obvi but you have to admit you can hear that sound in the beginning the album brown sugar spent 54 weeks on the charts selling 300,000 copies its first week but then went gold later selling 1 million copies which is clearly platinum Amazingly enough, after such a strong start with his debut album, D'Angelo actually ended up on a four-year hiatus from the music scene. He did spend a few years touring and promoting Brown Sugar, but after that he ended up with writer's block. Speaking on the setback, D'Angelo stated, quote, The thing about writer's block is that you want to write so fucking bad, but the songs don't come out that way. They come from life. You've got to live to write, end quote. Sorry for the profanity. In the meantime, he recorded cover songs such as the Marvin Gaye, Tammy Terrell song, Your Precious Love with Erica Badu, Prince's She's Always In My Hair for the Scream 2 soundtrack. And he also did the Ohio player song, Heaven Must Be Like This for the Down in the Delta soundtrack. And of course, the duet, Nothing Even Matters with Lauren Hill on her debut album, The Miseducation of Lauren Hill. Finally, in January 2000, D'Angelo dropped his second album, Voodoo, which was met with rave reviews. Debuting at number one, it was dubbed a masterpiece and his finest work yet. Funny enough, the album's first four singles did not chart that well at all. The first single was Devil's Pie. The song peaked at number 69 on the Hot 100. The next single was Left and Right. This one peaked at number 70 respectfully, and both of the first singles were aimed at the hip-hop markets due to the fact that Method Man and Red Man appeared on the second one, and clearly they were hot at the time. But it didn't help these releases. 
According to the Wikipedia page on the album, the producer of Left and Right, Rich Ford Jr. stated that both the single and the video were commercially unnoticed due to MTV's refusal to place the song's video in rotation, serving as a punishment for missing the deadline for its initial premiere. Finally, we get to the biggest song and video of this album. And I need to take a sip of water just thinking about this joint because this one here, this one here, y'all, is my one? This one is the one we've been waiting for. Okay, maybe I've been waiting for. The third single from Voodoo was called Simply Untitled. How does it feel? video y'all y'all did you feel that is it just me good god oh my goodness i mean what is there left to say hottest and sexiest video to come out the 90s i said it i proclaimed it i'm putting it out there thank you for coming to my podcast have a good night <laughs> okay let me drink this water and chill let me take let me hit this water okay and focus Written by D'Angelo and Raphael Sadiq, apparently the song was originally to be a tribute to Prince. Hmm, okay. Now the video, this was directed by Paul Hunter and it's perfection. It's perfection. Appearing as just one shot, the camera starts at his ear, then pans past his perfectly neat and moisturized cornrows, then to what I can only describe as his beautiful, flawless, smooth brown sugar face as he sings chow the camera seduces his audience panning down to his exquisitely chiseled body with these perfectly yummy little beads of sweat running from here to here 
let me get some more water. Hold up. Okay. From here to here, while he appears to be totally naked, in actuality, he was wearing pajama pants, just hanging really low, but he appears to be naked. If you have not seen this video, right after this episode, don't walk, run to YouTube and look it up. Then tell me what you think. The song received mainly positive reviews. I mean, who didn't like it? The video grabbed D'Angelo considerable attention, getting regular airplay on MTV and BET and helped drive sales of the Voodoo album. It also helped solidify D'Angelo as a sex symbol, a label he was not too happy to have. In 2015, D'Angelo did explain that he did feel that the video overshadowed the song, but that he did have to make peace with that. He was quoted as saying, I think people gravitated to how sexy and beautiful the song was. It wouldn't have raised the eyebrows it did if the song wasn't good. The video was just accompaniment, end quote. Untitled How Does It Feel would go on to win a Grammy for Best Male R&B Vocal Performance in 2001, and Rolling Stone named it as the fourth best single of 2000. And this girl, your host Charlie D, would probably name that the best video of that goddamn year. There, okay? The third release single from the album was Feel Like Making Love. Sadly, this one also did not perform well, in fact, only slightly better than the earlier singles from the album, peaking at number 109 on the charts. Although this is honestly so hard to believe right now because the buzz near me with everyone I knew loved this album, even more so than Brown Sugar, so it's just kind of crazy to me. Personally, I will always favor Brown Sugar, though I'm not quite sure why it resonated with me more, but Voodoo was still a solid album. It stayed on the charts for 33 consecutive weeks and sold over 1.7 million copies. Voodoo also won a Grammy for Best R&B Album at the 43rd Grammy Awards. Sweet. It was during this time that D'Angelo began feeling more and more uncomfortable with the sex symbol image, and after his tour wrapped, he retreated back to his home in Richmond, Virginia, where he went on an extended break from music. Friends and associates took notice of the effect this had on D'Angelo and how it shaped his image in the industry. And when I say extended, I mean it would be 14 years later before he dropped a new album. His former manager, Dominique Trenier, was quoted as saying of the untitled video, quote, to this day, in the general populace's memory, he's the naked dude, end quote. His tour manager, Alan Leeds, also stated that the experience hurt his confidence and made him question his fame and exactly why his fans supported him. 
It was this, and after the suicide of a good friend, D'Angelo sadly turned to alcohol, and as his issues with alcoholism increased, he was unable to continue producing music, and executives at Virgin Records cut off funding for his expected 2004 album. In 2005, D'Angelo was involved in a car accident followed by an arrest on DUI and marijuana possession charges. He shortly after left Virgin Records and entered rehab at Crossroads Center in Antigua. The same year, D'Angelo signed with J Records, and while he did not record another solo album, he did collaborate with several artists on their albums, including Jay Dilla's The Shining Album in 2006, Snoop Dogg's The Blue Carpet Treatment, also in 2006, Common's Finding Forever in 2007, and Q-Tip's The Renaissance in 2008. In 2008, he released a compilation album called The Best So Far, which featured some rare singles. In 2011, he announced a 2012 European tour, which kicked off in Sweden. That same year, he joined Questlove for the Bonnaroo Music and Arts Festival's Super Jam, which ended up being his first U.S. performance in 12 years. He performed new songs, such as the tracks Sugar Daddy, Ain't That Easy, Another Life, and Charade all songs that would be released with his third and upcoming album. J Records eventually closed and D'Angelo would then move on to RCA Records. Finally, in December of 2014, D'Angelo released his third album, Black Messiah, and after a 14-year hiatus. It was produced by himself in Questlove and was considered one of the most highly anticipated releases for that year. It debuted at number 5 on the Billboard 200 and had two official singles. The first one was a song called Really Love. The song peaked at number 43 on the charts, but was nominated for Record of the Year and won Best R&B Song at the 58th Grammy Awards. He also performed it on Saturday Night Live in January 2015. The next single from the album was Betray My Heart. Shortly after the album's release, D'Angelo kicked off the tour, The Second Coming, which had 57 dates throughout Europe, North America, and Asia. The Black Messiah album was again mainly praised by critics with Rolling Stone's Rob Sheffield calling it, quote, an avant soul dream palace and a warm, expansive masterpiece, end quote. Slant Magazine's Cam C. Mack described the album as a combination of funk, R&B, and rock, instead of the socially conscious lyrics that they were ever worked, ever tweaked, and perfected in its distinctly imperfect way, but soul-bearing and raw like little else. 
Many other critics compare the album to Sly and the Family Stone's 1971 album, There's a Riot Going On. This was so because of the funk music roots and mix of rock, jazz, and gospel sounds. The Black Messiah album appeared on many music critics' top 10 lists for the year's best albums. The Guardian named it as one of the best 100 albums of the 21st century, and in 2020, Rolling Stone named it as number 395 on their list of 500 greatest albums of all time. In February 2021, D'Angelo appeared on the Instagram webcast Versus, but instead of performing against an opponent, he performed a solo set with artists Method Man and Redman, Keon Harold, and singer Her. I caught some of the performance with Her, and it was beautiful. It was during this time that he hinted at working on new music and possibly a new album later in 2021. I will be looking out for that one. So, what to say about D'Angelo's legacy? Well, I have to admit, when I think of him, I of course go back to my teenage crushes and fantasies, as he was definitely a sex symbol for me. But truthfully, even before he turned the heat up with Untitled, I always appreciated and noted his talent for soul singing, writing, and producing, though I didn't know how much production he had done or that he was skilled at so many instruments. The same year that Black Messiah came out, some were calling him the next Marvin Gaye, and I can understand those comparisons. He brought a very specific soul sound to the 90s and beyond. I kind of feel bad now after all I've read about his feelings on being a sex symbol, but at the time, I didn't know. I was just a fan, and I still am. For me, he stands out from many of the soul singers of the 90s because he perfectly blended soul and funk with some hip-hop and more current sounds of the day, but as a full-fledged musician instead of just a singer. Or I should say, not just a singer. D'Angelo was just a special package of soul, musicianship, sex appeal, and blues. And I will be looking out for more. And that does it for me and this episode. Tell me what you think on social media. What do you love about D'Angelo's music? Favorite songs, memories, videos, anything? Did you like the Untitled video? Am I the only one drooling? Hit me up and until the next episode, y'all. Hey, thanks for listening to Word to the Mother. Be sure to find us on Facebook and Twitter. Until the next episode, we out.